0: Good morning, this is Bryce Peterson, and you're listening to Actually You Can, episode 43, The Car Battery. When I was out running this morning, I noticed a flock of seagulls, some beautiful clouds in the background in front of that crystal blue sky and I realized that the seagulls were very disconnected from the human reality their minds are not encumbered with the layers upon layers of complication that persist in the human psyche and I reflected on how much of our thought experience is just a bunch of mumbo jumbo very unnecessary a bunch of clutter, a bunch of needless drama, because we haven't yet learned how to manage our minds. The seagulls are not dialed in to our reality. They're in a completely different reality. If it's anything like what I'm imagining it is, I think we could all benefit from a more simple mental experience. Something a lot more quiet. Something a lot more relaxed. Something far less tense about what the future holds, far less weighed down by the entanglements of our perceived past and way more dialed in to what our life is right now. So now let's talk about car batteries. So the analogy of the car battery to me probably has its roots in the experience I mentioned probably within the first 10 episodes. I don't know, it might have been a little after that, but I talk about the day that I realized I wanted to pursue a relationship with Brittany, my sweet wife, 20 years ago plus now. If you haven't heard that episode yet, or maybe you forgot, I was replacing my car battery and I did it incorrectly and I fried my car's computer. So I have a history with car batteries. A good one though, because it resulted in me walking that night and seeing Brittany while I was on my walk and having a moment of voila ness. So the car battery's been in my mind for a while, but as another application. So I was at a regional training with a bunch of other church leadership folks, and one of the speakers there, The final speaker in the the mix was Elder Quentin L. Cook. I really enjoyed what he had to say. The spirit was strong, for sure. But what I remember most were his final words of the talk and where he said he had reflected a lot on what kind of apostolic testimony he could leave with us, but that wouldn't cross into the realm of being too personal because he wanted to keep personal things sacred to him and and guarded. But as he was talking about the savior, he said, I know his face and I know his voice. And as I listened to him say that, I'm sitting there and I felt like I was sitting in an electric chair. There's that moment in the Book of Mormon, when Nephi is having a discussion with his brothers, and as per usual, they are opposed to what Nephi is doing. Nephi wants to carry out the Lord's agenda. His brothers do not, and he's told to stretch forth his hand, and that the Lord will shock his brothers, like stun them. I really felt like that was happening to me as I sat there. I felt like my blood was kind of almost boiling it wasn't a painful experience but it was highly stimulating it definitely had a physical impact on me it felt like a couple of minutes it took me to be able to actually stand up most of the people after the the meeting was over they got up and started walking around and stuff and i was just sitting there because i felt so drained By the experience I had with him declaring his his testimony of the reality of Christ. And really the only way I could describe it is that it felt like electricity. So I reflected on that. Oh, and when I, I actually saw him in the hallway, he's a lot shorter than me. How tall am I? I'm six foot three. Anyway, he's quite a bit shorter than me. I shook his hand and I half expected to get shocked when I shook his hand. It was a it was a normal handshake. I didn't I didn't get shocked like I did when he was uh, de- declaring his testimony of Christ. But wow! And I may never shake an apostle's hand again. So that that was a neat experience. But most important, it was just hearing and experiencing his testimony. So I've reflected on this since, and I've thought about what it takes for the car battery to work. What's going on there, the problems that a battery experiences, what kind of slows down the flow flow of electricity, and that sort of thing. And I was thinking about our transgressions, our misdeeds, our attitudes and behaviors that are not aligned with heavenly agendas, heavenly goals, heavenly principles. We might use the word sin, sinful attitudes and behaviors, Things that are, that creep in to our lives when we do not adhere to the counsel of our Father in Heaven. And that that would be that crusty, bluish, whitish buildup that gets on those battery nodes. It's kind of like a bluish color, isn't it? It almost looks like sugar and it builds up on our batteries and it makes them less efficient. It makes it so that the flow of energy is hindered. And so just like the car battery has that happen to it, in our own life, if we have destructive attitudes and behaviors, limiting beliefs that those would corrode and build up on our soul, and then that would slow that would impede our ability to feel the spirit as much and to be as effective. We know that Laman and Lemuel were told at one point that they were past feeling, that they couldn't feel the true peaceful power of the Holy Ghost anymore. They had this corrosive buildup cankering their souls. So because of because of the atonement of Christ, we are able to go through the process of removing that cankering, crusty buildup off of our souls that... that The scales of disbelief can come off of our eyes through the power of the atonement of Christ. But we have to bring awareness and accountability to why that buildup is there. No one else can introduce that crusty buildup on our spiritual nodes but us. We are the only ones that can do that. And it's up to us to remove it. It's because of Christ that we can but it's up to us to go through the effort to make it happen. Another thing that I think about with the concept of the car battery is those connections themselves. The juice isn't going to flow if we don't introduce the connection. And I think of one of those connections is always there. One of those connections belongs to God he is always aware of us. He is always connected to us, whether or not we want to pay attention to it or not. But our responsibility is to take the other one and connect it. And when we do, that allows that, that juice to flow, that power to flow. And so I think about what are the things in which we can really connect We have and, and to tighten that connection. We have to be intentional about this. This doesn't happen on accident. I feel like when we really take the time to dig into the scriptures, not just passively read them, passively reading doesn't do much for us, but to really dig in and bring awareness and attention to the scriptures. What are the messages that are here for me? What can I take from this? How can I use this? How can I apply this? The scriptures are a book of thoughts. It's access to truth, true events, real people having real experiences, striving, struggling to develop their relationship with the divine and how that worked out for them and how it didn't work out for some people because they refused to bring awareness to the reality of our divine origin. And the opportunity of our divine destiny. That is one of the ways that we can introduce that connection that we're responsible for. And then real, true, sincere communication with God. That is another way that we can introduce that connection. I don't think it could be overstated the importance of real, sincere, heartfelt, drawn-out communication with God. I feel like declaring our own testimony of Christ and his reality is another way to tighten that connection. Temple worship, renewing our covenants every week in sacrament meeting. I feel like sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on the miracles that we want to see, that we in some way believe that we haven't experienced yet, but that we want to. But what about? the miracles that we have already experienced and that we get to continually experience i feel like this is another way to tighten that connection and realize that connection to allow the power to flow through us when you look in the mirror you are looking at a miracle it's absolutely incredible that i exist so many miracles miracle upon miracle upon miracle every life that's preceded me all of my ancestors they were all miraculous beings and I have flowed from them through this process it's a miracle that you exist we always have in some way in some form or fashion and that's just so amazing I feel like it's such a miracle That we live in a day and age when the gospel of Christ has been restored in its fullness on the earth. Temples are being built at an unprecedented pace. More and more of heaven is being introduced into this world every single day. More and more people are joining the church every day, entering the waters of baptism, receiving the Holy Ghost. More and more people are then renewing their covenants on Sunday. The fact that we have access to the power of Christ's atonement, that was a miracle that he accomplished for us. And it continues to be a miracle available to us every single day. Every week, we get to renew our covenants. Take the sacrament. He says, come unto me, feel of the prints of the nails in my hands and in my feet. We get to have a symbolic physical interaction with him when we take the sacrament. That is a miracle available to us on an ongoing basis. These are ways that we can introduce and fulfill that connection, our piece of that battery, and allow the energy to flow through us. So that's what I think about in terms of our spiritual capacity. It could be viewed like a car battery. I knew that what Elder Quentin L. Cook said to us was true that day. I felt it surge through me like nothing else. It was really incredible. Whether in this life or the next, I know that all of us, if we want to, can experience with our natural eyes what we have seen with an eye of faith up to that point. And that's it for now.